Having a rough morning after a long night out? That's why there's Morning Recovery. Morning Recovery is the flagship product of More Labs, and it's scientifically engineered to outsmart rough mornings. Use promo code RADIO15 at morelabs.com and get 15% off of your first purchase of Morning Recovery or any of their other great products. That's RADIO15 at morelabs.com to take advantage of this great promo of 15% off of your first purchase. Morning Recovery from More Labs, so you can work hard, play hard, and live life without compromise. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Welcome to House of Cars. Dave Weishaddle with you here deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. It's a big day for us here at House of Cars because we are celebrating our 700th show. And there's no better way to celebrate this anniversary than with a guest who is central to the gambling industry in this country. Everyone knows that this past year and a half has been extremely challenging for the gambling industry, but we're finally coming to an end of this dismal time. To talk about what the gambling industry has gone through and where it's headed, we have the president and CEO of the American Gaming Association, Bill Miller. The AGA just released their state of the state's report and it shows some fascinating things about the gambling industry and we're going to talk all about it with bill miller when we come back so stick around we'll be right back with house of cards Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and Six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. That's BABE16. Because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. It's getting warmer outside, and the action is really starting to heat up on the tables at Party Poker in New Jersey. Sign up with code EXIT7A and take advantage of Party Poker's new sign-up offer of $25 free, plus a first deposit match up to $600 and start playing poker online today. Daily tournaments, cash games, sit and goes. The Party Poker U.S. Network offers players an opportunity to participate in their favorite poker tournaments online every day, all day. And don't forget about their Sunday tournament featuring $35,000 in guaranteed prize money. So head on over to nj.party.com. PartyPoker.com and sign up today with our promo code EXIT7A. New customers get $25 free when registering, plus you also get a first deposit match up to $600. That's code EXIT7A to get your $25 free when registering and your first deposit match up to $600. The cards are in the air at PartyPoker.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 and over and located in New Jersey. New patrons only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. In my opinion, one of the most important organizations for the gambling industry in this country is the American Gaming Association. The information, programs, and resources they provide for this industry are vital. And recently, they just released their annual State of the States report on the casino industry in this country, and it is fascinating reading. And to tell us all about it, we have the CEO and president of the American Gaming Association, Bill Miller, on the line. Bill, thanks for joining us. Oh, Dave, it's, it's a great pleasure to be with you today. And, uh, 
you know, I think before we start, it's, uh, you know, congratulations that this is the 700 episodes, and I feel honored to be part of that. We're honored to have you. I mean, what, what better way to celebrate than have the CEO and president of the American Gaming Association on? But uh, uh, thank you for that, and thank you for joining us again. And, and like I said, for someone like myself who works in the gambling industry, the information and resources that the American Gaming Association provides allows me to do my job effectively. But for our listeners out there who are not familiar with the AGA, can you tell us a little something about it? I'm sure. Um, you know, the AGA uh, represents the interests of the gaming industry. We have uh, a wide array of members. Uh, again, we're a trade a membership association, and so. We have operators, uh, commercial operators, as well as tribal operators. Um, we have uh, manufacturers and suppliers that are also members of the organization. And we are both domestic as well as, in a limited fashion, international. In the uh, three of the operators that we have, in MGM, Sands, um, and Wynn, uh, have uh, rather extensive uh, um, operations in Macau. And so mm-hmm. um, the organization was founded um, you know, 25 years ago um, as, a, as, a, uh, as a, uh, an effort to try and stop uh, some federal tax uh, levies that were going to be put against the industry. And uh, we have flourished ever since. Now, as I said, the AGA recently came out with their latest State of the States report, which has some fascinating information on it. Um, certainly, we know that the gambling industry has just gone through one of the most challenging times in history, but it was really eye-opening reading this report and seeing those figures. I mean, walk us through some of those figures with us. Give us a sense of what the gambling industry in this country endured as we move through the pandemic. Well, I think it's, it, yeah, I mean, the COVID impacted every business in America, and you know, we were not spared. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I'd make the argument that with the possible exception of the cruise line industry, our industry was probably, um, you know, as devastated as any industry in the country. In fact, you know, we have uh, 989 commercial and tribal properties in America, all of which closed in the span of you know, just a few weeks in that period between March and April. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that casinos lost more than 45,000 business days over that period of time due to the pandemic closures. And, and you know, and, and in some states, Illinois, Michigan, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania, they didn't just close down once, but they closed down a second time. And so the, uh, the, 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 um, the damage to the industry the difficulties that the industry went through, um, you know, and, and I don't want to minimize the damage or, or hurt that other industries had, um, but our industry was was battered. Um, but on the other hand, what we saw was incredible resilience, and mm-hmm. I think that that's, um, you know, as you as you as you referenced the the the, the AGA's um, state of the states report, what you see in there is incredible resilience in terms of despite being open for, you know, you know, or being closed for such a significant amount of time that we're already, we already have seen in the report and then really after the report, some extraordinary uh, numbers as it relates to the rebound of the industry. Yeah, I think the numbers were just incredible during the pandemic as well as the start of this recovery. Do you think how the gambling industry maneuvered through this pandemic is a subject we're going to hear more and more about in the future? I mean, was this such a traumatic event that studies will continue for years to come? Um, I hope so. Um, I think that, you know, it's important um, to also remember that, you know, as every industry looked to Washington, D.C., and, and, and Capitol Hill and the White House for support, um, we were no different in terms of relief and stimulus. And, and as, a, as someone who's been in the industry for a long time, you're, you know that the gambling industry, the gaming industry has not been treated the same as every other business in America. Mm-hmm. If you go back to you know, post 9-11, through Hurricane Katrina, the Great Recession of 08 and 09, and Superstorm Sandy. In each one of those cases, the gaming industry, the casino industry, was carved out of and discriminated against as it relates to um, stimulus and relief. 
And for the first time ever last year in the CARES Act, we were included and treated the same as every other business. And my view is that because we're in 45 states around the country and that legislators, politicians, community leaders recognize the important role we play in the communities, that they saw what we did during, uh, during COVID and what we had been doing prior to COVID that we're good community partners and that we deserve to be treated the same as all of these other suffering businesses. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. You're listening to House of Cards. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with the president and CEO of the American Gaming Association, Bill Miller. You raised a very interesting point. I mean, certainly during the pandemic, the gambling industry had to adapt and change to get by. I mean, I, I can tell you, I, I'm a, I was a gaming lawyer for 25 years, and I never thought I would have to draft a service agreement for the cleaning and sanitizing of casino chips. Yeah. But, but as I think more about it, I, I mean, I think that's a good thing, and maybe casinos should keep cleaning and sanitizing their chips. It's a great idea. But has this pandemic changed the gambling industry from here on in? I mean, do you think that some of the things that were put in place during the pandemic will continue as the gaming industry goes through this reopening? Well, I think that what we've seen in during the pandemic, uh, certainly strong growth in sports betting and iGaming. Uh, you know, in, 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 in some cases, uh, when, these, when these casino properties were closed, iGaming uh, was a bridge that allowed them to, to many of these guys to stay uh, afloat. And sports betting has continued to grow uh, as it has become legalized after the um, pass the decision of the Supreme Court of May of 2018. Um, we now have sports betting in 19 states plus the District of Columbia in 2020. Um, and a number of those markets launched in 2020. And so Obviously, we needed to get sports back on before really sports betting could uh, come back. But we saw strong growth in sports betting, in legal sports betting, um, from you know, from thirteen billion in twenty nineteen to twenty one point five billion in twenty twenty. So that was a huge increase uh, in terms of eye gaming. Also, you know, even though it was only in four states: Delaware, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Western Virginia. It accounted for, you know, uh, you know, $1.5 billion in, in iGaming revenue. And so we, I see those as 
as growth opportunities. And I also see the change in attitudes around some of the operators that held the view that any of these non-brick-and-mortar activities are at the expense of my brick-and-mortar property. I believe there's been a uh, adoption of and support for among you know the you know some of the some of those who really didn't think sports betting was uh, uh, you know a, a, a worthwhile or a important financial endeavor, and that iGaming was something that has has now been now looked at quite differently because of the pandemic, and I don't believe that that will change. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up iGaming. I, I live in New Jersey, and I can tell you I can't turn on a television without seeing an online casino commercial. I, I mean, iGaming has really exploded during the pandemic. Where does it go from here? I mean, has it found a sustainable audience from here on out, or do you think it will fall back to pre-pandemic levels with regard to iGaming? Um, well, well, I think that one thing that's important to remember is we really have to continue, and, I, and we do this at the AGA all the time, is press the federal government to recognize the difference between uh, legal iGaming mm-hmm. and illegal offshore um, gaming. And uh, the, you know, the success of legal iGaming, the success of mobile sports betting, uh, needs to take place in a legal, safe, and, and regulated markets. And uh, and but we need help. We need we need help at the federal level at, uh, from a law enforcement perspective to ensure that these um, that these um, e- expansion of of, of opportunities um, uh, continue in a way that is safe and legal, and that we continue to do everything that we can to destroy the illegal market. Uh, and I think we're doing a good job of it so far. Well, let me talk to you about the iGaming. I, I mean, I get to talk to a lot of officials around the country and other states, and they were mm-hmm. telling me how lucky New Jersey was to have a safety net of iGaming. Is that the correct way to describe iGaming as a safety net? Is that the wrong frame of mind? Sh- should they be thinking that iGaming is now a viable part of their gambling market? I think that um, the way I, I have characterized it is it was a bridge that helped us m- you know, uh, sustain the industry in a number of states, um, both iGaming and sports betting, during a time when we were shut down. And so, but but that experimentation also created opportunities for people to look at iGaming differently than they had in the past. And I believe that it will uh, continue to be a component of operators whether they be sports betting operators or um, larger or brick-and-mortar operators that offer this as a component of their myriad of offerings. You know, you mentioned it, and uh, one thing that has changed the face of gambling in this country is sports betting. And I know sports betting was popular, but after seeing the AGA's report, I'm blown away by the numbers. What has sports betting meant for the gambling industry in this country? I think importantly... Um, and I say this all the time, you know, Americans have been betting on sports as long as there have been sports to bet on. The question has been, previous to the Supreme Court decision of May of 2018, uh, where do they bet? And in the past, prior to the Supreme Court's decision that uh, uh, opened up sports betting legally in, in America, we, we that you know, what we saw was states recognized that this was an important market, and it was an important market opportunity for their citizens to bet legally. <clears throat> and instead of going to corner bookies or the illegal offshore online marketplace, and so I, I, honestly, I've, I've spent most of my life either in government or advising government. And I've quite frankly never seen anything move as quickly in state capitals as a, as, as the sports betting uh, 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 efforts have been in in terms of going from Supreme Court decision to you know, creating you know legislation 
and authorities and in writing up regs and opening up the doors of legal sports betting. I'm quite frankly, I've never seen anything move as quickly. And I think that for us, what we have stressed, stressed is, number one, this is a way for us to, to help destroy the illegal market. And that's good for everybody. It's good for consumers. It's good for um, governments. Um, and, and obviously, it's good for the industry. And importantly, it's good for the leagues and the integrity of the leagues. And one of the other things that we have done a lot of is a lot of outreach to what I call our new business partners, whether it's leagues, teams, arenas, stadiums, broadcasters, all of which now see monetization in sports betting. But unlike our industry, which responsibility and responsible gambling are core to who we are, they're not necessarily conversant in or have an understanding of the responsibility that comes with the financial opportunities of sports betting. And so we have spent a lot of time trying to make sure our new business partners in this regard recognize the responsibility that they share with us. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. No matter what kind of car you drive, we have an insurance policy that's right for you. Need to insure your family minivan? We've got you covered. Need insurance for that new sports car you finally got? We've got you covered. Have an old beater that just won't quit? We've got you covered. Or maybe you hit the lottery and want to insure all your new cars? We've got you covered. Call Auto Insurance for Less to find out how much you can save right now. All it takes is just one call. Answer a few questions, and before you know it, we've We've got got you covered. Call 1-800-679-0366. That's 1-800-679-0366. Auto Insurance. You want it, you need it, and we've got it. Call Auto Insurance for less to find out how much you can save today. Better coverage at a better price is just a phone call away. Call 1-800-679-0366. That's 1-800-679-0366. With some of the best promotions and offers in the sports betting market, PointsBet simply stands out. PointsBet is the only U.S. online bookmaker to offer points betting, where every yard, every point, every goal, even every play matters. Same gay parlays, good karma payouts, early payouts, and exclusive game day promotions and guarantees for all sports. PointsBet offers more bet types than any other bookmaker in the world, offering a unique set of markets that aren't available anywhere else. And now PointsBet is offering one of the best sign-up offers in the sports betting market today. New customers signing up with code BET21 receive two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Get up to $500 back if your first fixed odds bet loses, and up to $1,500 if your first points betting bet loses. That's code BET21 for two risk-free bets up to $2,000 at PointsBet. PointsBet, it pays to be fast. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 800-919-6011. 800-919-6011. That's 800-919-6011. 800-919-6011. United we stand. Hey, this is Dave Shuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of June 14, 2021. The New Jersey State Legislature approved a bill providing Atlantic City Casino some much-needed tax relief by a nearly unanimous vote. 
If signed into law, the bill grants the brick-and-mortar casinos a two-year tax exemption on promotional credits issued to casino patrons. The legislation also expands promotional credits to include table games and match play coupons. The Nevada Gaming Control Commission announced the launch of a self-exclusion list just for online gaming. Once registered, a player will be prevented from accessing online casino sites in the state. The list marks the first time that Nevada gaming regulators have attempted to monitor self-exclusion lists for online gambling sites. And finally, a gambler at the Wicopa Casino in Scottsdale, Arizona, was headed for the door to go home after a full day of gambling, but decided to put his last $100 into the Wheel of Fortune slot machine on his way out of the casino. He was glad he did because that $100 turned into a jackpot of over $1.3 million. Now that's a great way to end your day. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HSC Radio. You're listening to House of Cards. Where was the house? Where was the house of cards? Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with the president and CEO of the American Gaming Association, Bill Miller. You know, I, I've spoken to a lot of executives in the uh, sports betting business, and they have echoed your statements about how quickly this business has grown since 2018. But they're also very surprised of how the deals were made during the pandemic and how sports betting continued to grow at a rapid pace during the lockdown. I'm, I'm wondering what your opinion was. I mean, how has sports betting grown even with the pandemic throwing a roadblock in front of it? Well, I think legislatures figured out ways to uh, to convene. Uh, most of them convened virtually, but they convened nonetheless. And so even though you had legislatures that uh, weren't physically together, um, you, know, you have to remember that it was May of 2018 that this decision was made. You know, Delaware and New Jersey were up within weeks after the decision. Other states recognized that when the Supreme Court came, that when this decision came down, this was an important opportunity for those legislators who had experience in expansion of casino gaming or other types of gaming in their states. And that it was reasonably easy to get them to understand the benefit that could come from them putting forth legislation and look, we got a lot of we got a lot of these things done in 2019 a year bef- in the year before the pandemic but then we still and and for a number of states that weren't able to get it across the finish line in a number of states the the legislative outlines were, may have been crafted in 2019 and didn't really require a huge lift to get them across the finish line in 2020. As we emerge from this pandemic, what what do you think we can expect from the sports betting industry? Will more and more states allow sports betting and iGaming? And how does mobile sports betting fit into the gambling landscape as we come out of this pandemic? Um, I, I think that sports betting is going to continue to grow. Um, I think that we, you know, it, uh, we are kind of out of the legislative sessions um, across the country with a couple of exceptions. Um, but, and so we may be kind of at a pause moment for, for sports betting uh, between now and the end of the year. Um, but I think that uh, we had a number of states that looked at it this year. They didn't quite get there. Um, there, but you know, some and and every state's a little bit different, as you well know. Um, some states, uh, as it relates to uh, <clears throat> as it relates to uh, additional offerings, may require a ballot referendum. Mm-hmm. Some require only um, legislation. Some require you know regulatory change, and so all of those things um, are all a little bit different. But what I can say is. There has been strong momentum. It's been sports betting has been incredibly well received by the public. Uh, I think that the I think consumers wanted to be able to bet on sports and know that it was legal 
and know that if they want to bet, they'd get paid. And that, and that, that the, the, the proceeds um, from sports betting um, can pay for important uh, public services as well. And so I think that it's been, it's been shown to be a win-win uh, across the board. And, and clearly um, the part that we need to continue to focus on is, uh, is in the areas of responsibility and particularly as it relates to, as I said, our new business partners. But, uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of work on that, on that front. And uh, uh, I think you're, you're aware of our, you know, our responsible gambling platform called Have a Game Plan. Yep. And, and, and that's a public service campaign that we launched in 2019 to educate fans and consumers about responsible sports betting practices. Tell me a little more about the Have a Game Plan Bet Responsibly program. What is your goal for this program? Well, I, th- I think, as, I, as I've said, you know, we have this shared imperative, um, really, for everyone in the sports betting ecosystem, and whether it's leagues, teams, operators, media companies, to educate fans on responsible sports betting. Um, that sports betting should be fun, not a way to pay your mortgage. Um, it's a way for you know consumers to, in essence, have a game have a game plan when they wager. Um, that we are making good on that commitment to continue to instill responsibility as a principle in every legal, in every new legal market. And the key principles, there's four of them, it's set a budget and stick to it, it's keep it social, sports betting is a form of entertainment, it's not a way to make, earn an income. Be informed and learning the details about the games in your plane and play with trusted, licensed, regulated operators. And one of the things that's been so exciting is the uptake. And it, it, it didn't come quickly. Um, if you, you well know, many of the leagues uh, were litigants or, um, yes. potent, or, 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 possi- or, or partners in opposing yeah. our efforts to legalize sports betting across the country. And, and without, any, without exception, they've all recognized the change, and they've all recognized that it's been positive. And so from a business pers- perspective, they get it. And now what we're seeing is we now have these sports leagues partners on how to game plan. We've signed deals with NASCAR, with the NHL, with the PGA Tour, and UFC. And we've got team partners like Monumental Sports that owns the Capitals and the Wizards and the, and the Las Vegas Knights. And we now have operators like FanDuel and, and, and payment companies that are all signing up for and want to be part of have a game plan because once we've educated them to, uh, to the importance of this, they have recognized it and adopted it. You know, it's such a great program. I mean, I, I've talked to the PGA Tour a couple of weeks ago. I'm interviewing NASCAR next week, and they're part of Have a Game Plan. And I'm wondering, how is everyone working together to effectively promote betting responsibly? Well, I, th- I think it is, you know, it's a number of different features that different, pe- that different, uh, um, you know, different participants in the ecosystem have. And so, you know, if you're a stadium or you're an arena, it might be unused advertising inventory to make sure that responsible gambling messaging comes up on the video boards or it's on signage in and around the arena. For media companies, it's utilizing um, advertising, um, television advertising space for those same purposes. And I think for um, leagues and teams, it is they they all have different opportunities to highlight and promote have a game plan and and we're seeing it implemented in different uh in different ways but the most important thing and and the thing that you know we've said is look the aga has no interest in making any money on this public service campaign Mm -hmm. what we just want is people to understand the importance of it and to adopt it and to utilize it, we we built out multiple different creative concepts for how they could best use it. Um, but then we let them go with it and and have them uh, you know, make it their own. Where can people go to find out more about have a game plan program? Well, I think that the um, the American Gaming American Gaming 
www.thepetassociation.org is probably the best place to learn anything that you'd want to know about, you know, the state of the industry, um, uh, the, you know, the state of the state report that we talked about previously. Uh, we have a lot of good information about that. And we certainly have a, a, a strong section on have a game plan uh, and, uh, you know, on our website. Well, Bill, right now the gambling industry is reopening and hopefully to almost pre-pandemic levels everywhere. I mean, they've had a fantastic first quarter of 2021. What do those numbers look like for the gambling industry in the new year? I think that um, 2021 may well be the great, the best year that the industry's ever seen. And I say that because what we're seeing as we're looking at you know, the first quarter um, really the first two quarters beginning to report um, is that we're seeing 2019 numbers and, 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 and we're not, we're not looking at just increases on 20 on 2020, but we're seeing even with reduced capacity, 2019 number, we're seeing 2019 numbers and stronger than 2019 numbers. And, uh, and I know that we, in, our state of the state um, uh, report only covers commercial operators, but I will say that I talk to the tribal guys all the time, and they're seeing the same they're seeing the same dynamic that that we report on in the state of the state uh, report. And and the other really important thing is uh, if you think about the overall visitor demographics that have been, you know, uh, you know, core to our industry, they have skewed significantly younger during the pandemic. Not surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was pretty clear early on in the pandemic that the that, that COVID was particularly dangerous to elderly uh, people. And, you know, our industry has has long uh has long been successful with people that are retired or people that, you know, have a little bit more time on their hands to go and enjoy um, the local casino. And those people, even when things reopened, they have been the more the group that has been more reluctant to come back. And so our view is if we're doing numbers with a much younger demographic than previously, and we know that as increased vaccinations happen and people get more and more comfortable, um, we think that, you know, that, that some of the older customers that have been, uh, you know, staples, you know, core to our industry are going to come back and work and capacity is going to increase as it, as it is, um, you know, month by month, week by week. And that we're just going to see, you know, rather exciting and incredible growth for the back end of uh, 2021. Is that the challenge for casinos going forward? I remember pre-pandemic, I've talked to casinos and marketers, and they were trying to get the millennials in. Now, are they trying to get their core customers, the the older customer, back in? Is that the challenge now for casinos going forward? I think that it's a challenge for all businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, We all went through a year in which was pretty scarring. And if you were an elderly person... And you learned more about COVID, you became more and more scared about going out. And, and so changing the mentality, ensuring that, um, ensuring that customers feel safe in casinos. Um, and we, we, we test, we do a lot of uh, public opinion work. And uh, I think that you know, some of the things that we've been able to see is that Americans believe that we act in a responsible manner as it relates to, you know, responsible gambling, but also importantly, to mitigate the risk of, of COVID and, and implementing enhanced hygiene procedures and employee testing and screening. And so as we continue to uh, uh, communicate that with those core audiences, my belief is that, uh, that, that, that those core audiences will return. Bill, we're running out of time, but can you give out your website again so people can keep up to date with the AGA and all the information it provides on the gaming industry? Absolutely, Dave. I'd be happy to do it. And that's uh, uh, AmericanGamingAssociation.org. 
Bill Miller, president and CEO of the American Gaming Association. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us an amazing update of the gambling landscape of this country. The report is called State of the States 2021, the AGA survey of the commercial casino industry. And it's a must read for whoever's interested in the gambling business. Bill, please come back on and keep us updated about what's going on in the gambling industry. I would be my honor to do it. And I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles. Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, health care is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Health Care Help Desk. 800-329-7906. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. Plus... Free shipping! Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. That's BABE16 because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to House of Cards. You are more in need of a night in Atlantic City than any man I've ever met. I'd say sit down at a table, go for dinner, see a show, take a walk on the boardwalk and smell the salt air. But if you're anything like me, nothing after sit down at a table is going to happen. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you here. We are back with executive producer Doug Weishaddle with the book report to tell us what's going on in the sports books across the country. Doug, what do you got? Welcome to this week's edition of the book report uh, where we talk about what's going on in the news and notes and all the different states and sports betting reports around the country. We've got uh, our usual suspects of state and national reports. We've got legislation. We've got deals. We've got launches, and speaking of launches, we're going to start off right away with Nebraska. Nebraska yeah, that's right. We uh, They joined the ranks of the uh, sports betting community. Yep. Governor, I want to get his name right, Governor Pete Ricketts signed Gaming Expansion Bill 
LB 561 into law last week. And it's not only sports betting, you know, right? You well, got, it's gaming uh, expansion. It's gaming expansion. You got uh, it's sports betting's part of it, but no mobile. Is that correct? No mobile. It's retail only. All right. Uh, and uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be, uh, retail betting at states horse racing tracks. That's it. Okay. Well. So uh, very very simple. <laughs> hey, it, it, it's a step a step in the right direction. And you know, it's kind of interesting. There's no residents will not be able to place bets on in-state collegiate sports, especially the home games of the the two uh, college teams that are big there, the uh, Cornhuskers, the Huskers. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. And congratulations to uh, Nebraska for joining the ranks of the uh, sports betting states. And speaking of launching sports betting, we have a bunch of launch dates for okay. upcoming, upcoming state launches. All right. We have Arizona. They announced that they are still on track for – the start of the NFL season. Uh, That's always one of those benchmark dates, you know, start of the NFL season was when they want to start sports betting, or usually it's the playoffs or the Super Bowl or March Madness is another benchmark that everyone uses. So uh, we're into the realm of now the, when we hear of launches, their goal date is start by the launch of the NFL season, right? Well, the official date that they have set as a target is September 9th. Okay. So, uh, and speaking of other launch dates, we have, and I'll go through the list of what's coming up here, Wyoming plans to launch online sports betting September 1st. Wow, okay. South Dakota, Deadwood, uh, retail sports betting September 1st. Connecticut is planning to launch online sports betting by September 6th. Great, good. Uh, and in fall of 2021 of this year, Maryland is going to launch retail sports betting as well as online offerings to follow after retail launches. Nebraska is going to be launching like we just talked about. And then we have the first quarter of 2022 is the planned launch of online sports betting in New York. Now, that okay. that could be pushed back. But tentatively, that's when they're actually planning on launching online sports betting in uh, the Empire State. I, I guess their goal date is the Super Bowl, I would guess. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet yeah. you they're – if they're not going to do the start of the NFL season, the next big date is the Super Bowl. So and, I guess after, that's their target date. And after that is March Madness. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, right in a row you got two big events. It makes sense. Sure, sure. Uh, they're not going to have anything in place by the fall here. So, uh, But, again, you know that that could all go by the way. So I'm, still, I'm still dying to see if they get the uh, casino in Manhattan. Uh, there was a lot of talk about that. I, someone even said, could there be a casino in Times Square, which, uh, you know, the traffic is terrible in New York already. Can you imagine a casino in New York City? But, no, the people have been talking about it. Developers have been talking about it. I, I don't see any concrete plans for it. But, you know, hey, I guess it's fun to talk about. You know, there, there's always a way to introduce it. And sure. if it gets rejected, it gets rejected. But you keep introducing it, keep your constituency happy, that sort of yeah, uh, yeah, thing. So, uh, but uh, That'd be amazing, though. A casino in the heart of Manhattan. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, just so we have an overall picture here, about 40% of the country has access to some form of legal sports betting now. Great. When these other states launch, you're looking at probably another bump up, another 5%, 45%, of the country will have access to legal sports betting in some way, shape, or form, whether it's retail or online, or even parlay stuff. You know, I, I have to check, and I want to see how these things develop, but, you know, I, I'm a resident of New Jersey, and I have the sports books, mobile sports books for New Jersey. I mean, I'm very close to Pennsylvania. I'm I'm in New York City all the time. I'm wondering if, you know, if there's going to be a shared wallet between these, you know, these jurisdictions. Because I don't I don't, I don't want to, you know, when I'm in uh, Pennsylvania, I don't want to have a whole section of sp uh, sports books on my phone. Or when I'm in Manhattan, I don't want to have a whole different other apps for uh, sports books. I, I'm, I'm hoping that these things, I mean, if I have FanDuel in New Jersey, hopefully I'll be able to play it in Pennsylvania and New York. Well, again, depends on the operator. Also, yeah, it depends, yeah. depends on the platform, too, because a lot of them are using different platforms in different states, too. Well, the one thing I screwed up, I found out on my phone, you know, I, I got a new phone and I downloaded some of the uh, sports books that I use, and one of them was Sugar House. And I accidentally downloaded the wrong uh, sportsbook app. I, I did 
uh, uh, Sugar House, Pennsylvania, when I should should have done Sugar House, New Jersey, and it wasn't working. So I, you know, well, I finally realized what it was. I, I I didn't see the top that said Sugar House, Pennsylvania. I was like, why isn't this working? Well, see, that's an indication of different platforms. Well, that's why when I hope uh, that would started this question. I mean, I, I, I hopefully, you know, if I have a sports book app in New Jersey, if I cross state lines, hopefully I can just change to Pennsylvania and it's a shared wallet. So well, here, hopefully I'll, that'll... I'll, I'll give you an indication of how different the platforms are. Uh, IGT okay. just announced they did a deal in North Dakota with just the Dakota Magic Casino and Hotel. They're right. going to be using the Play Sports platform. All now, right. other casinos have different platforms. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of the owner of the casinos, the different casinos make different... Uh, uh, deals as you know scientific games they just uh, launched uh, in indiana virginia and tennessee with winbet winbet uses the scientific games platform mm-hmm. so uh and you know that uses don best sports stats yeah yeah and every platform is going to be different yeah it but different I, I hope as more and more states get sports betting and you know like i said i'm in new jersey and you know new york is getting mobile sports betting pennsylvania already has it i if i have FanDuel, i hopefully i can use that same app and just change the location where i'm at or or wherever how that works but uh hopefully it's a shared wallet but it's uh you know, just to make things easier for me. Well, you know what's going to be really nice at some point in New Jersey? What? You don't have to go to another state to bet on New Jersey college teams. Yes, I hear that. Uh, well, hopefully the voters will agree that that's kind of a stupid rule and it does nothing Senate. for integrity. And, yeah. uh, the, you the, know, state hopefully, uh, the state Senate just approved 36 to 1 the resolution to amend the sports betting law to permit legal wagers on in-state college teams and collegiate events. Yeah, because right now New Jersey has the rule that if a college and university is located in New Jersey or if there's a sporting event of a collegiate nature in the state, you can't bet on it. So, no, uh, it's it's always been I know I know I guess the idea it was an integrity kind of thing to protect the student sure, athlete sure. that I, sort I of understand, thing. but you know, it it really in practicality it did nothing. Well, in practicality, it just denied the state a certain amount of revenue. Yeah. and uh, I like the way one state did it. I mean, they said you can bet on the college teams. You just can't bet on the individual players. Right. I think that's a good compromise. I think that's a good compromise. That's a great compromise. compromise. I I can work with that. Bet on college, but not the players. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know Florida threw that into their bill. We'll see what happens down there. That's going to have a whole bunch of messy legal challenges and still got to have even federal approval so uh but again yeah i think you know with everything that happened also with the pandemic and this past march madness they had an event in uh, there was also a collegiate no, i'm sorry not march i misspoke there there was a collegiate event in new jersey where we couldn't bet on any of the games oh yeah no there was a uh, collegiate uh basketball uh tournament i forgot which one i think it was the mac or something like that the That's mid-atlantic saying, yeah. thing but i uh, know it, it happened in convention hall in boardwalk hall in in atlantic city with about nine sports books around it and no one could bet on it no that that's that probably was the last draw for all of this I mean, stuff. it was just weird why did you know it, it, a great basketball tournament you know you couldn't bet on it mobily you had nine sports books in walking distance, I mean, next door you had a sports book where you couldn't even bet on this thing. You so. actually had to leave New Jersey to bet on a New Jersey yeah, sporting yeah, event, yeah. which that makes absolutely no sense. And I think this is where they're trying to alleviate a little bit of frustration on the on the better side, better side, I should say, not mm-hmm. better side. But, uh, yeah, we'll see exactly what happens. That's going to go on the ballot in November. And, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hoping people vote for this. Because that just creates an expansion of not only the yeah, revenue, more, more, but the taxes. More revenue for the state. More, more revenue for the state, more revenue for the casinos, especially now after COVID where they need some help, you know, getting back to where they used to be for their revenues and everything. So, you know, that's, this is a right move. Uh, going over to some numbers. Uh, we have April and May numbers to talk about here. Uh, we didn't have time last week to, to talk <laughs> June, about. We're still talking April numbers? Uh, we didn't have time to talk Virginia because Virginia released their April sports betting numbers uh, at the end of press time for us before we start. Taking. Okay. Uh, they reported a sports betting handle of $236 million, 22% lower than March. They're experiencing the same March Madness hangover pretty much the entire nation is, sure. sports betting-wise. Uh, they had a, let's see, 
gross revenue, adjusted gross revenue of $11.38 million. That's after all promos were taken out and deductions, and and it was it ended up being an 8.22% hold for operators in the state. Interesting thing about Virginia, the growth of that industry, they're expecting it to be the fastest to $1 billion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't we have a story? What was the fastest to $1 billion? Was it Colorado? Right now, the fastest is Tennessee still. Tennessee still? Six really? months. Okay, it took Tennessee. them six months of operation. I knew it was Tennessee or Colorado, but uh, no, Tennessee did amazing. And Tennessee doesn't even have retail sports books. Tennessee is all online. According to all the stats we're seeing, uh, Virginia is expected to cross the $1 billion mark in handle in five months of operation. Wow. So they are doing some really good. They, all they need is about $150 million in May in terms of handle to actually get to the $1 billion mark. So they'll probably get that. They'll probably get that, yeah. yes, because uh, especially they just had 236 in April. Um, I'm wondering, what's in May? I mean, ho- horse racing is still not part of the sports betting scheme no. of everybody. So uh, May probably... Well, you know, you had the yeah, baseball, uh, basketball, you had the pro start basketball. of the playoffs and things like that. Yeah, so NHL hockey. and NBA. Yeah, yep, yeah. all that stuff. You got a lot of uh, uh, auto racing. You know, Washington five hundred. Yeah, Washington uh, Wizards was were playing before the Sixers knocked them out in May. Yes. So you know, you'll you'll get some uh, like Virginia people betting on Washington. Wizards. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, it, so got, it should be uh, should wonder. be interesting numbers. I mean, I know, I know playoff betting is a lot more. There's a lot more of it than there is regular season, especially NBA. Mm-hmm. But we'll see exactly where it goes with that. But um, Virginia may be uh, setting some records pretty soon. We'll see. Rhode Island also released their April numbers. We didn't get a chance to talk about them as well. Um, sports betting handle in April of $29 million. Uh, 16 of it was mobile. Okay. And now that's, that's kind of interesting. I thought it would be a little higher. In terms of how much of a percentage of the total handle would be, especially when they got rid of the in-person registration requirement a couple of months well, ago. Well, more people are out. You know, more people are going to these places. So, There's no yeah. Patriots to bet on either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, it's... it's Red Sox are doing well, so maybe Red, that helps. Red, Red Sox just, <laughs> so. just have been doing incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's surprising, that team. But um, a couple interesting numbers here. Year, uh, since no- November of 2018... That's its launch. Uh, Rhode Island's books have taken in over $623 million in handle. That adds up to about, or averages out to $728 for every resident 18 years or older in the state. Okay. But the problem with that number, you got to realize a lot of their betting public comes from Massachusetts and Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. So once Connecticut launches. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of an effect Connecticut starting sports betting will affect Rhode Island. So uh, that should be interesting. Well, you know, I didn't even all, think of that. All depends. I, I on rarely the, think of Rhode Island. I'm sorry, people from Rhode Island, but I rarely think of Rhode Island sports betting. Well, you know, we rarely think of New Hampshire. No, no, no. But that's all DraftKings. You oh, know, yeah. that's oh, that's yeah. a big that's a big time operation up there in New Hampshire. We don't think about too much. But uh, Rhode Island, Rhode Island's always been interesting to me because they have two two casinos and online sports betting, and they're they're actually doing pretty well. The other numbers. Uh, for Rhode Island. Uh, Rhode Island is winning more than residents in Washington, D.C., Delaware, Arkansas, and Mississippi. They have tied with Oregon for the the, uh, most winning. So uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see exactly where Rhode Island goes. You're right with uh, Connecticut launching. Now we have our first main numbers, Oregon. Oregon's May handle came in at $27.8 That's up. 10% 10% from April. They're they're uh, they're having a slight rebound with the sports betting numbers. Revenue did decrease from April. Uh, most wagered on sports in the state is still basketball, uh, taking in $16 million in uh, handle. Rest of the top five, baseball, soccer, hockey, and MMA. Your favorite sport, table tennis, okay, came in. It was the seventh most bet on sport, but it was the sixth in handle. The handle was about seven hundred seventy-five thousand uh, dollars. Fourteen thousand five hundred eighty-five bets were placed on table tennis, and an average bet of fifty-one dollars. Well, hey, it's a popular sport, I guess, in uh, certainly Colorado. I know that's a that's a big one. What's the other state? Colorado and Oregon. We just Colorado and Oregon. Yeah, but but there's no other state that I I, I don't I haven't seen table tennis anywhere else 
discussed except for Oregon and Colorado. Well, those two states are the only two that I know of that separate out table tennis. Everybody else puts it in the other category. So you have to actually dig around for that, but it's not separated out like it is in those two states. And that's all the time we have this week for House of Cards. See you next week. podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com